2: Hello everyone and welcome back to Straight White Whale, my name is Darren Connell and this is episode 25. I cannot fucking believe it. That's incredible, isn't it Paul?
3: Ridiculous mate.
2: 25 episodes of a podcast, that is amazing. Before we get into the nonsense, um, we've got a sponsor and I want to give them a shout out. i've i've wrote it down as well because i'm trying to be as professional as possible i can't keep saying i'm going to suck people's bangers you know what i mean <laughs> it's i mean i know it's like i appreciate them sponsoring the podcast and mm. the only way i can communicate my emotions <laughs> is through saying i want to suck their banger but it's going to come back and haunt us. i do what I suck the banger though <laughs> so <laughs> this, this podcast is sponsored by Arguing Co. Arguing Co. is a legal firm based in Glasgow and I've wrote some bullet points down here. They specialize in everything, right? But see their main thing is they do most types of law and their main area is personal injury and employment law. So if you've ever had any trouble with anything like that, get in touch with them. Now I don't get any dafty to just sponsor the podcast. Um, I know a lot of people just want money and they just get any sponsor. I know Alan. I went to school with Alan. I know that he's a good person. The difference between his company and everybody else's company is he does... He won't take a fee. What is it called? No No win. win, no fee, is it? No win, no fee. Which is very fucking rare during these times, these tough times when people would just take a fee off you. And another thing, see if you win he won't take a cut off you either so most most of these law firms will take like 20% he won't take as much as that he'll take a flat out free I would imagine but right. he won't take a big massive chunk
3: he'll make the other side fucking pay so, they-
2: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go and like I said last week um, if you need any help regarding that situation or stuff like that anyway just get in touch with the guy He'll point you in the right direction if they can't help you, and if they can, they will. And
3: uh, that's that. Well done, mate. Was that all right? Professionals fuck. Loved it. No, even joking, mate. Don't look at me like
1: that. <laughs> I can't <cannae> see <say>, you. I've <laughs> not got my glasses
3: on. <laughs> <laughs> just a wee smudge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel that was a bit sweaty there for me, man. I was like panicking. You? <laughs> I, just fighting the urge to say, and i am shocked you, on the desk, g <laughs> you you have got my hair transplant hanging off my skull. Don't get a fuck. <laughs> you ever
3: had a personal injury claim?
2: I should have. There's been many times in my life when shit's happened and I've just been like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Such ass. Just put a plaster on it. <laughs> I remember driving back from a gig with a comedian and some fucking idiot <laughs> ran into the back of his.
3: Did you know, put a claim in for that? Oh, no. mate, that's claim central. I know. They just pay out, I think. I don't even think they fucking... You just need to walk about with the neck brace on. Pure hammering it up. I hear voices and that. That's, <laughs> I, I'm, don't get me wrong, if it happens <laughs> now, I'd
2: fucking hit the deck, man. I would never get up. But be walking with two walking sticks. Everything, man. <laughs> uh,
3: Alan would be guiding you. He'd be like, <laughs> you're telling you,
2: right, go to the doctor. Be like, oh. I, I'd be <laughs> doing this fucking podcast for a breathing apparatus like
3: <laughs> like ben have you ever put on a claim aye mate aye aye just for uh road injuries aye like you're saying whiplash mm-hmm. um they just just get, it's, i mean it's free money like that's the way that it's obviously no because then everybody ends up paying for it through their fucking insurance premiums but i mean well there's well there's blame there's a claim
2: well i was young and i was silly and you know that way, I wasn't a self-employed yet, I still worked in Asda, I was quite a nervous wee guy, and I thought, I don't want to annoy anybody, I never really knew the process of that,
3: how you do that, but mm. now
2: I'd be fucking bleeding.
3: Did they ask you? No. See, that's the difference now, mate. See, now, if you're in a car crash and you put in your insurance claim within, like, a day, a will offer on a phone and you like, do you want us to handle your personal injury claim claiming? so it's all like yeah. it all just happens like um, I've been in honours no honours but I've been in four or five car crashes that obviously like I've no head just wow. and then I've had one where they phoned and they were like oh you can get a claim you want to put on a personal like fucking right mate mm-hmm. get 1400 quid get me 1400 quid go for it
2: aye Gla- Glasgow's quite a a strange mentality towards that shit
3: um, in, in what way?
2: I'd, I'd imagine it's everywhere else in the world but i, I used to be a laborer
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i remember being on site and an old boy uh, i think he lost a thumb i'm sure he lost a thumb right. and he was literally like yes <laughs> you're a fucking dancer man i'll get about five grand for that <laughs> i was like mate you've
3: not got a thumb who the fuck needs a thumb but you gotta do when you need to fucking finger your ass, man You can <laughs> get your thumb up your ass, aye mate, fucking right man I'm like that in life
2: now, you know how like oh I'll go to uni, I'll stick in, I'll try my best and now I'm just like, I really hope I just get scudded with a fucking bus or <laughs> I get really bad food poisoning for a restaurant that's not gonna kill me and I can just get, you know, 20 grand or right, something just
3: sue them because
2: life has crushed my fucking soul Anyway, Paul, it's nice to see you, mate. I
3: mean... (laughs) Is it? Somebody came in, he did a podcast, and they were like, are you Paul from Darren Connell's podcast? And I was like, aye. And they were like, I recognise your voice. Oh, brilliant. Which was strange. Who was it? Mikey Motion. Oh, no way, aye, Mikey. Mikey is a stand-up
2: comedian, very funny. And a couple of years ago, he had a viral vein. Um, when that he Bergie boy, Bergie boy, when he had the uh, numerous Bergos jackets on, <laughs> and he says, "I'm absolutely bloody, bloody roasting." him.
3: <laughs> He's a good guy, I mate. Mean, and he was funny on the podcast, yeah. but he was telling me how good a stand up you are, Thank saying you. that you you headlined his room down at the old Fury Murray's, Did you? Yes, yes. Saying he was loving your Betty White joke.
2: I've got the hunger back, mate. Have you? Yes, I'm loving it i'm loving it again mm-hmm. it's a really shit mcdonald's advert that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving it mcflorries <laughs> can't even get the sentence out my mouth i'm dying
3: <laughs> <laughs> no uh get the fire back for the the stand up mate
2: yes i we are um announcing it on friday tickets go on sale on friday for the tour um i've done everything that i need to do so i've left everything else with the bookers and stuff so they said it's going to get announced on Friday, but we'll get to that in a minute. How have you been anyway?
3: I've been good, mate. I've been good. You've been um, good. What, what's, what's been happening? When, when were we last in?
2: It was last week, I think, Aye, when you just was. get back from Amsterdam.
3: Aye. Um, not a lot's actually happened. Uh, I had a good weekend, mate. Sun was shining, was going out for walks Was loving life. life, yeah. um, been busy with doing this, I suppose, Um. but... Nah, I don't th- nothing's really like jumped to mind other than Celtic winning against Ross County on Sunday, which made me happy. Yeah. And hopefully we can do the business on Sunday again and make me even more happy. On maybe Sunday. maybe even get a wee stoner. Oh aye. If we, we won on Sunday. <laughs> just <laughs> turning enough half a Glasgow there and just went, <laughs> click. <laughs> As I'm trying to
2: remain neutral. Like, yeah, yeah, stoner, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's on Sunday when I move into my flat so that'll be hopefully you're looking forward
3: to that mate yes
2: a good day mate moving into the flat Celtic are playing Rangers
3: aye things are gonna go well Sunday it's not gonna be like the money pit is it? Is it Rangers 1 you ever seen the money pit no just had a blank look are you shitting me there's a movie that I've seen that you've not seen with Tom Hanks money pit might be a bit dated now but it's uh ah, it's a good movie, mate. They basically they, watch it. They buy a they buy a big house. Mm-hmm. They buy a they're buying a big house and they turn up, they see it. Not ruining it. They turn up, they see it, it's beautiful <laughs> big house and then when they go <laughs> to move their stuff in, like the people that have sold them the house have took all the doors and all the windies out, removed all the plumbing.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> basically, on Sunday, Rangers are going to beat Celtic six 0 and I'm going to have a heart attack in the bath.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to turn up to your flat, and there's going to be a fucking crack den or something. I smeared and shit over the war
2: I am buzzing for it. I've had a I've had a good week as well, mate.
3: Aye, how you how you been, mate? Sorry, didn't ask still.
2: No, it's okay. That's all right. This is my it's the interviewing technique of leading into other parts of the podcast. Twenty fifth episode.
3: Getting pro at this now, mate. Aye,
2: oh. as I'm sitting with shorts sowing for fucking TK max
3: <laughs> Not wrong me a bit of TK Maxx, mate. I I, de, I exclusively shop in TK Maxx. See if I need something, I go and look in TK Maxx, and if it's not there, I'll go and buy it for a legitimate like fucking shop. But no, if I need a winter jacket, I'm got to TK Maxx to buy a fucking winter jacket, man. Well, I'm going. I'm
2: wearing this. I'm wearing this gear is because I'm walking home for the podcast. It's not because I'm a lazy bastard. Uh, like, how'd you know, that
3: go last week? I think we mentioned on the pod that you were going to walk him. Oh,
2: mate, I was fucked. I was absolutely fucked. Like, my mate texts us at night and he's like, ah, mate, I drove past you in Springburn Road. You look like you were going through a weird trip. <laughs> I was fucked. It was roasting last week, wasn't Aye. it? I was totally roasting. I was just, cause it's so weird, man, when your fitness goes. Cause at the start of lockdown, I was doing 20k walks and fucking hell man For here to springburn it's not that far and uh, halfway there i'm like leaning up against walls and all that thinking what the fuck has happened to my life but i feel better um i know when i move back when i move into the flat things will get better i'm doing a lot of things mate like see stress eating and and being around mad family members that are just after fucking that. Do you know what i mean
3: neighbors that are gone What's happened to you every time you leave the nah. fucking house? Nah. Fucking nothing's happened to me, you prick. My da. We've noticed you've been drinking more
2: cups of tea in the house. Is we, We've always known that you've been the weirdo of the family, but recently it's got a lot worse. Are you all right? Because <laughs> I'll drive you up to Stoke Hill right now. Like, I had two cups of tea. Alright, <laughs> ah, right, okay. You if you see. need medication for your brain to alter, it's all right. <laughs> we'll help you. I'm just trying to talk to you. It's a dying, don't worry about
3: it <laughs> that the your dad talks? No, no, nothing like my dad. <laughs> your dad pure. Darren, are right, mate? Aye. <laughs> it's just my mentally ill
2: mind. Oh, fuck's sake. Aye, so there's a lot of comfort eating, stress eating. Right. See, because you're sharing a fridge with people and stuff. I do that, oh, i come no buying food, I'll just get a takeaway and all that shit. So I'm looking forward to having my own space and uh it's gonna be weird man but i can't wait
3: right mate the first the first week when you move into a new flat is all a bit weird mm. isn't it? like the place does not like new smells and you're lying trying to get to sleep at night and you like Aye. what's that noise
2: it's like- I'm, I'm having stealth wanks mate i'm 34 years old what's a stealth wank like keeping the edgy while having a wank <laughs> so my my, my dad doesn't <laughs> walk in the fucking room a little bit fucking golem <laughs> like, hunched out, like,
3: that. Like, <laughs> eh, precious.
2: I get nominated for a BAFTA, man. What the fuck is happening here? Did you actually?
3: Well... A Scottish BAFTA. A Scottish BAFTA. <laughs> oh, kidding <laughs> on me. But did you? Yes. Bob? Bob, New, Bob talent, New Talent Award. Oh, brilliant, mate. For up and coming... Who won it the year that you get nominated? A drug dealer.
2: Who? I can't even remember his name right, but there was this... <laughs> it was me. It was God, it was so long ago. It was me, a child and a guy from i'm sure he was from nigeria but he was scottish and he won it right and then two weeks later the daily record exposed him as a crack cocaine dealer and he was earning up to like seven grand a week
3: did the bath the scottish bafta you no know, strip him and give you the fucking, the ne- title nah. no nope. but i remember
2: i wasn't that devastated but i felt sorry for the kid the kid was heartbroken man and i remember getting on my cuddle and just thinking pal all this stuff doesn't mean anything you just keep working keep your head down and you know enjoy this night Mm -hmm. and what was was the drug dealer in i can't remember what he was in but the part of winning the bafta was you get a a small part in a god i'm having brain fog what's that amazing scottish actor um that does all the mad you know We play a mad
3: peter mullen peter oh, right was he directing producing I, so something?
2: he was directing a film and you get a wee bit part in it right and see when i found that out i was fucking gutted man until i watched the film <laughs> right the film was amazing <laughs> right
3: right okay but see
2: the fucking the part, part. <laughs> holy fuck it was literally at the end the film when Peter Mullen is hitchhiking back to Glasgow. Right. And this the guy from Nigeria drives up in a car and does that. Hop in, mate.
3: That's it. They've still been good though. I know. Being I'm just trying to with, make myself feel better. Being <laughs> in the same with Peter Mullen and see to be honest, mate, you've got that charisma, he would have got you a better part. You'd have got on set and he'd have been like, this guy's a star. Let's get my <laughs> let's get my lead role. He knew that he knew that Nigerian dude was a fucking scumbag selling yeah. crack to wins. Hopefully they didn't <laughs> they sell it to the wee boy that was in contention for the fucking bathtub I
2: was mad to think that wee guy will probably be like twenty two or something. Was it that long ago, mate? I think I was twenty four, mate. So it must have been ten years ago.
3: All right. Fuck.
2: Aye, That's that wee mental. guy's probably smoking vags and all that. I bet you he's not having stealth wanks, <laughs> fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> Fucking both of them. Better (laughs) pranks. No, but I had a good week uh, last week. Um, There's lots of major kind of bullet points I've set out in my life. Like recently was to, you know, fall in love with stand up again, to get a flat. Well, it was to get a mortgage, but I never got that. But I've got a flat sorted. Um, You know, like, so I've sorted all this out within the first three months of the year mm-hmm. essentially aye. and it's quite a weird feeling like i don't know if anybody else is like that but when i set a goal i normally don't achieve it <laughs> right aye. It's,
3: it's it's a
2: weird feeling actually achieving it right like a, a feel good of like right i need a living space so i'll sort that out instead of just living in fucking misery and uh one of the one of my main things was to start back gigging in edinburgh because it seems to be a bogey city for me. Right, really? I've just built it up in my head as this. I don't like to gig there, and right, why and, is that? Well, I was back at the stand last week, and uh, I've not gigged in the stand in Edinburgh in probably five years. And last week I did four gigs in the venue. Right. Wednesday and Thursday was for Kevin Bridges and friends. So talk about the fucking pressure being on me. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced nerves like that before in my life. Was he there? Yep. He was calm. All oh, right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was he was he like sort of what you're going to do in Glasgow? Was he like the host, like comparing the show? Well, he's got a tour coming up
2: and he needs new material. So right. he compares it and he will do like, you know, 20 minutes at the top, 30 minutes in the second section and then he'll just get comedians to do spots. Right. So I was doing a spot Wednesday, Thursday, and then I was back at the stand on Friday and Saturday for the regular weekend. Right. And it was amazing, mate. Definitely built it up.
3: Four nights, man, back to back. Aye, four nights. You feel good at the, that Saturday night? Like, in the zone and all that? like
2: It is like, um, you know, you do something so much, by the time you get... It's like the end of a fringe run. You're shit hot.
3: Aye, end you, you can start fucking about with Aye, all that. And you Uh bit it. Bit, uh-huh.
2: So Saturday I was like that. Saturday I was completely relaxed mm-hmm. and uh, chilled out. Plus I've also realised through maturity as well, like um, I'm blinded by nerves most of the time or people pleasing. So I don't realise that, you know, if i'm not even really talking about the stand right but but see see before covid Mm -hmm. you'll get like a comedy club or a venue and any time you go no matter where you're gigging, when you're gigging, there'll always be like a group of comedians that are fucking living in the venue that are no gigging there
3: Mm -hmm.
2: um probably a wee bit bitter jealous that they're not getting as many gigs and you know that What's that's kind of what happened with me so i used to kind of get worried about like who's going to be hanging about Aye. rather than the actual venue right and uh and plus a compare makes a difference I you know mate you get compares that just sometimes don't give a fuck. they're bitter they've been doing it for too long and they go up and they don't really care so they make the night icy and just
3: horrible, hostile environment. Yep. Right.
2: And you know, I went up one night, and I've done it so many times now that I've realised. Oh wait a minute, that's not me. That's the compare,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or it's people in the green room that make the green room fucking horrible. Uh-huh. So I, it was a good feeling to actually accept this is no my fault. Whether back in the day, if I died in my arse. It used to make me physically sick. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really had to work through that. Like, I used to take it so personal if I never had a good gig. And I suppose it made me better. It did make me a good comedian, but it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you have a bad gig. It's, shit happens. Aye. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna happen. It, it happens. But I'd be fucked for a week or, like, I wouldn't I'd leave my bed the next uh-huh. day. Do you know what I mean? Aye, it's too when, much. I wouldn't eat. And stuff.
3: So, putting too much pressure on yourself I, what you're saying you, you, that that's the thing that motivates you to get better so you kind of need it uh-huh. but at the same time when it doesn't go your way if that mechanism of motivation is causing you to not get out of your bed and feel like a piece of shit for a week then it's went too far Yeah, you need to rein it in so I
2: realise that any time I go to these venues that are negative in my head um, I would say honestly, probably 95% of the time it's because they have got a cunt for a con, a compare pair that right. doesn't want to be there. So when I went there on Friday, Friday and Saturday, there's a, a woman, she's a comedian called Jay Lafferty. I wouldn't even really say we're pals, but it's like a mutual, uh, we have a mutual respect for each other. Uh-huh. Anytime we're gigging, it's like, how you doing? Everything's always nice and see the difference of having her there comparing on a Friday and a Saturday mm-hmm. to anybody else that I've had, it was unbelievable, mate. Like, it just, the penny dropped and fo- i just done that. It's it's the compare or who you're gigging with. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even have to be the compare. It's just, if there's a rotten apple in the lineup, man, it can fuck, it can fuck the night. Aye. Obviously, the crowd don't know <laughs> that. Well, I suppose they do, because if somebody comes out and they don't give a fuck, um, the crowd can pick up on that. But... Mm-hmm. 100%, um,
3: mate. I mean, I, I spoke to a comedian uh, a few weeks ago. And I'll no name names, and, and he was saying that as a, a run was coming to the end, that he was like, I'm actually thinking about just packing it in. Um, so I was just what what's making you say that? And he was saying I just don't want to go back to the, the circuit, mate. Wow. he's like I can't deal with the negativity that's just in the green rooms, man. He's like, he, honestly, he's like you've got no idea what it's like, mate. He's like, depending on who's in the green room. You could come out feeling like you've been bullied. Sometimes Aye. like walk, walking on stage feeling shite, mm-hmm. like because of the conversations that are happening. It's kind of like understandable. And it's it's exactly what you're talking about. But also I think what the difference with what you're saying and, and what he's saying, I was just kinda like to him, listen, mate, like don't let other people dictate what you do with yourself. Like go go back to the circuit. Like fuck them. Mm-hmm. they pricks. Just ignore them. Just try and fucking ignore them. if they try and talk to you to bring you down to their level just realize that that's them just doing that just try to bring you down so you don't have a good night so that they can feel good about their shite comedy like fuck them man you'll never get anywhere with an attitude like that man they think they will they think that's the way to get forward is by pulling people backwards when the opposite's true you should raise people up do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean kind of like like Kevin Bridges is doing where he's night, he's got a new material night. He could just book the stand and just go up and do an hour. Yeah. And people would turn up for that, do that at Glee or whatever. But he's no he's people in. You yeah. know a bit of exposure to a good crowd while he gets his new material done and yeah. stuff like that. So that's definitely the way to go about it. And the story that I've heard you tell about what he did telling you, get up your job and do that. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. You should do it. That's him encouraging people. He's not sitting about Fucking bringing people down before they go on stage. No. Do you know what I mean? And that's no. that's the good council day. You know what I mean.
2: And that that's the difference. It's like you walk into a green room and you can feel ice. You can actually feel ice. Mm-hmm. And then you're standing at the stage door. You're watching the compare do this. And then you start to get paranoid. You're like, if I go up in a diamond mars, I don't get booked for fucking three years, four years. But this cunt's here every fucking two weeks, and he's up there getting it. Like doesn't he give a fuck? Mm-hmm. And then you, it's like, and then it's like, welcome to the stage, Dad and Connell. You walk out and you just know that you're walking to to die. No, I never died a Mars, but I didn't die good either. I done enough. I, d- I it was like being in the water and just keeping your head.
3: Aye, treading water,
2: water mate. Like that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And then I got off stage and it was like, how do you feel? Like that went, and I felt like saying, I fucking died a marsh I can't like. Uh-huh. You'd never made it easy. Uh, Who's a
3: good compels?
2: Liam Whiffnell. Right. Liam Whiffnell is incredible. He's a good guy and he's also sober. And he's English and he lives in Edinburgh, right? He's always been a funny comedian. Always been funny. But there's a comedy club in Edinburgh that's opened and it's called Monkey Barrel. And he does about, I think he's got two nights there. So he's gigging maybe he's comparing there like four times a week right Mm -hmm. for three years and then covid happened and i I never seen him and then after the bells i was gigging with him at the glee in glasgow and i thought holy fuck this guy has just skyrocketed right like he's went from good to if i was running a night i would get him at all times like he would be my number one pick Right. incredible he's also got tiktok if you want to check him out Um quite a lot of his stuff on tiktok goes viral so um he's amazing and um, liam Withnell. liam with he's got twitter and all that stuff he's a good guy uh glasgow wise uh you know raymond mearns is really good raymond mearns has been gone for about 20 Aye. 20 years always hear his name get mentioned Aye. he's good Professional-wise, Des Clark is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie McCabe, brilliant. Uh, Joe Heeran as well. Joe Heeran's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's got good Twitter. He does really well on Twitter.
3: Comparing's are a bit an art, isn't it? It's like yep. different because you get people that are fucking... I've heard people saying, oh, they're an amazing compare, but their sets on the great. great yep. and vice versa. Like, people can be a great stand-up comic. They are set, but when it comes to the comparing, they're not quite... You know, I don't really know what to do with like it. Like
2: some people don't sit it. Like I mm. don't want to piss on comedian, right? I've never actually seen him compare, but I could I can imagine Gary Little doing being a compare. Right. But he's a solid headline. I've got a weird
3: thing with Gary Little because obviously I know he's a he's a good stand up comedian, but oh. I only know him for the gym. Oh really? I went to Carly Gym, like Carly Uni. I went to that gym for like two or three years, maybe about say maybe 10 years ago maybe even melon that now, mate Fuck me man it's been that long but i, I used to got gary was there every day fucking seven in the morning it was like that's when they opened wow. and I, I would be working and so i would go at seven he'd been at seven so we were like gym buddies um so that's how i know him Amazing. and then obviously because I, I had like people loosely connected family wise that well was a comedian spoke found it was a comedian spoke about that but a common ground and uh, I got to know him a wee bit, man. He's, he's actually, like, I don't know what it's like as a comedian. Absolutely no idea, but he's a great guy, man. Aye. And he's some laugh as good well. Guy, just in general.
2: Aye. But I feel like I'm kind of, you know, tiptoeing around the fact that I don't want to slag clubs or nights. I'm no slagging clubs or nights. I'm just saying there's certain people that have kind of lost their spark mm-hmm. and it can make the night pretty shit. But I'm at a stage in my life now that I've been doing it for so long. I'm also 34 years old. I'm not a wee guy anymore. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. Like if a comedian doesn't like me, I don't care. Like it's the promoter that I care about. Like if they're promote, if they're gigging, if they're booking me, then that's all that matters. So I'm at a stage now that if I look at a lineup and I see one of these cunts on the lineup, I'm just going to say. Move me, move right. me to another night. People
3: change as well. You don't know what you're walking yeah. into just because you've you've been in a, a green room with somebody that's had that made an icy atmosphere at one point. Might have been having a fucking tough time in their life. You yeah. know, you get them the next time. Um. So, uh, but there does comedy seems to really reflect what I've seen with music quite a lot. Well, there's quite a lot of intimidation and a lot of shit houseery that goes on between people. You think they're all like mates. Because they're getting taken with each other and stuff like that. But there's definitely a good amount of backstabbing that goes on for sure. I I mean, I've seen comedians
2: that are either in the venue or maybe doing a shift behind the bar. Like once I went up and I struggled right, that compare that I was talking about was comparing the night. Mm -hmm. The comedians that don't like me were in the venue and there was a comedian working behind the bar that didn't like me. So it was like being bullied, but not... I mean, they're trying to bully you, but it's not like, you know, I just essentially nod and smile at them. Mm-hmm. Like if if they crossed the line, they would get fucking knocked out. Aye. Do you know what I mean? I so I just kind of pam them off. But that night when I walked in, I was just like so nervous. I was like, God, I need to deal with these cunts. And then the compere doesn't give a fuck. And, and it was like, I wasn't that. I mean, I was funny, right? But I wasn't professional enough to deal with it so i think i had 15 minutes and i only done something like seven minutes mate. and i got off stage and i literally seen this guy that works behind the bar running upstairs to, to give me bad feedback right. and I, this guy was a comedian as well and i felt i was like mate and I, I could kind of see myself trying to explain myself to this guy and i was like why am i even talking to this guy i fucking nobody.
3: i remember like the boy that played lead guitar, Money My Bands, talking about like a similar sort of thing. that was like a, another band came to see us playing. He was like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy said to him, Oh, found it all quite underwhelming. And he started being a bit like, fucking, oh. And I was like, Wait a minute. That guy's band shit. Yeah. Why are you listening to him? Aye. Like, see, that, see, I mean, do you respect their art form? See, if the answer's aye, then maybe you, you, you're like, I really respect them as a a comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to what they've got to say. See if you don't. See if they're not a good comedian. See if they're. No offense to the guy who we're on the journey and blah blah blah. He's behind the fucking bar. He's not even on the. He's not even on the bill. He was like, oh, but I believe. No offense, mate, but no listening to your advice. I'll just be like, oh, I very good and yeah. fucking ignore him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Somebody that runs up to somebody to criticize them. Is just a prick on face value, do you know what I mean? But it comes back to what I was just saying there. Do you respect them at what they're doing? Then maybe you want to listen. See if you don't. See if they're no doing, Mm -hmm. if they're no making moves, if their stand-up's no fucking tearing the roof off of venue, don't listen to them because they'll probably be coming for a place of jealousy. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Well, That's why it was nice to do that last week because I walked through and it's all new staff members and... The, the comedians there was no comedians there the negative the negative ones anyway uh-huh. and uh you know it was such a nice friendly environment but i had a, I, I got a monkey off my back with that big time and it's true what you say man it's like all oh, these kind of weird comedians that are so toxic and see if you were choking on your sick in the green room mate they would fucking walk in and walk out like i've seen cunts that you know they think you're daft like see when i first started i remember there was a a compare that used to spread lies about me telling everybody that i was an alcoholic this was actually before i had a drink problem he was right. like don't book him he's an alcoholic he drinks too much i remember sitting in the green room of the stand and he walked in and he done that up wrong turn and turn run and now because i've got Scott squad and all that type of shit, he's all kind of pally pally mm-hmm. but you're like i never forget Anyway, I don't want to bitch comedians all the time, but I that's what I'm saying. Kevin Bridges, like, obviously he's like a superstar. I'm gigging with him last week. He's the most chilled out, happiest cunt I've ever met in my life. He's got funny bones. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's so supportive. Like, I didn't need to, like you said, I don't need that gig. He didn't need to give me that gig. And I went up and I had one of the best gigs of my life. That's the difference between... Kevin Bridges and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So, but then that's quite common, isn't it? It's like we, we people that are so talented, we're successful
3: people, mate. Aye, aye. Aye. They, they're not threatened by your anybody else's talent. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe Kevin Bridges might be Mickey Flanagan or something like that. Like, mm, you know what I mean, or another hugely successful comedian. I don't think so, but it's always you do get successful people that shut. On you know, like you do get ones that slip through the cracks and they make it, but seeing the majority of the time, people that are always in that sort of like, wanting to give negative feedback or whatever, um, they never really do it and, and it's always really coming for that place of feeling insecure about themselves, Yeah. so they maybe pick on other people, you know what I mean? You might have a bad night, like you said, that happens, yeah. but it's the ones that are waiting in the queue to stick it into you, because you're when you have a better night as uh, you day, or you're a good comedian. That's why they're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just knowing maybe I did have a bad night. That's why they're, they're taking their opportunity. But the reason that they're waiting in that queue is because I'm actually fucking good.
2: Yeah. I've also seen it with uh, the term, say, be careful who you're kicking the way up because you'll go past them on the way down. Mm-hmm. Is that
3: the term? I don't know, but it, I, like, I know what you're saying.
2: <laughs> it's like kind of a three year old trying to explain that term there, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, I've seen it with a comedian that, you know, reached the top very quickly. And, you know, he would steal off his granny to get to the top, Mm -hmm. piss on everybody, like do anything for success. And he done it and he got to the top. Then there was a scandal. And then everyone was like, fuck you. They're
3: all waiting with their knives. Aye, because
2: he was a cunt. Mm-hmm. Even though the scandal was bad and they did do wrong, there was no in between. There was no, maybe, maybe he made a mistake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, fuck him, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just like to treat people the way I get treated, try to be funny. I always just go down to, break it down to people are there for a good night and I'm grateful to get paid to try and make them laugh. Why do people overthink these situations? I w- maybe i'm humble because i was a trolley boy in asda for fucking <laughs> maybe, nine mate. years
3: mate do you know what i mean that's it mate 100 percent can't Can I- skip they, get, they forget themselves mate like, they really do and i think especially when it comes easy and they don't have to battle you know what i mean so they, they don't see people they're not looking at everybody else realizing that everybody's fighting the same fucking fight and Aye. just try to get somewhere with what they're trying to do oh. it just seems crazy to me that the comedians don't support other comedians you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they don't lean on each other they don't work with each other collaborate with each other if you go back to like you know like times when creativity has been like proper thriving like the 60s they all fucking hung about with each other uh-huh. and they all like taught i oh I've, we've done this we've done oh we met this guy he did this for us and they spread it about and yeah all of them are fucking legends do you know what yeah. i mean but you get people that just can't. it's it's threatening to people, I think. Other people's success is super threatening. So they don't want to help you get somewhere mm-hmm. because they think that's going to detract for them when actually the opposite's true, mate. It's always true. Like, if you help people, they'll help you back. That You know what I mean? Like
2: Yeah. And it's weird because, like, you know, I started before a lot of people.
3: I started before Susie
2: McCabe. I started before, in fact, another, Susie McCabe. I remember Susie when she started. Like, she deserves everything that's happening to her right now. She's on the cusp of greatness. She's one of the funniest comedians in Scotland. And she's got the potential to be, I know it's so cliched, but see when, you know, somebody comes through, it's like the next Kevin Bridges or the next Frankie Boyle. Mm -hmm. The path is there for her for that to happen. And she's earned it through blood, sweat and tears. Now, I know if I was mentally ill or jealous, I'd be like, oh, I started before Susie. How come I'm not the next Frankie Boyle?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I never think like that because I know that when I gig, a day well and it's good fun. Mm-hmm. I, I just would never enter my mind to be like that as a person. But then these cunts don't have a, a shelf life. They, they, they never last. No, they don't. So, But aye, it was an amazing week of gigs. Jay Lafferty, I was on with Rachel Jackson, a very funny comedian as well. A shit-hot comedian. I'm just writing this down because I'm uh, dyslexic. Chris Washington. Uh, Aye. wash ick Aye. He's very good. English comedian, funny as fuck. So if you are looking for... If you love Scottish comedy, comedy in general... Get these people followed on Twitter and I'm sure they're doing podcasts and shit like that. If they're so no the fucking better get
0: in
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> if they're no podcasts, let like the fucking better get in here. Hurry up.
2: Just gone through the notes there. I hope I didn't feel like I was ranting. No, that was dog. good, mate. Is that, that was all right? Die, mate. Aye, but it was good. It was very, very good, man. Um I've missed that buzz and is it's like a drug man see just doing that two years of lockdown and they gigging and accepting it as well probably stand-ups over the circuit's over see to be in a comedy club and nobody's wearing masks and you're like fucking hell man like you've, you've missed that stimulus that feeling of nervousness even grabbing the compare before and i'm like this will never leave you mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's 50 people it doesn't matter if it's a thousand people that buzz is so fucking good man Aye.
3: was it a good crowd no it, was no. No. <laughs> no, it was good mate, it was good,
2: it was really good, Uh, I, like I said before, I just, I don't know why I had Edinburgh as, an, maybe I, I, I associate it with the fringe and that's why it's so negative mm. to me, because I could go up to Aberdeenshire, Dundee and day alright, but when I walk into Edinburgh I feel like I've lost instantly, but the crowds were fucking amazing man, it just boils down to people having a long day at work. And they want to be entertained. And they're very, very grateful for it. And I felt amazing after it, man. Good. It was good. It's good to hear, mate. Another thing, I just completely made that up. I wasn't even gigging last week. Uh,
3: <laughs> you were sitting with your dad <laughs> drinking tea. <Hi. laughs> Kevin Bridges is fucking not even in Scotland, mate. <laughs> your dad's like, Darn, you're right. And you were sitting there like fantasizing about your reset at the start. <laughs>
2: How
3: come they've blacklisted my dad? <laughs>
2: because you're having stealth wanks you're 34 get out of the house you could <laughs> do you know they've started calling me timothy have you ever heard of a show called sorry
3: no
2: ronnie corbett right i don't even know why you would know this because it was back in the 60s right. but it was about 60s 70s i, think I know who was, ronnie corbett is but when he was in this show right he was 40 40 years old and it was about a guy that still lived with his man, his dad, <laughs> And his name was Timothy.
3: Right. So he used to go out for pints with his mates and stuff. Right. Um, and your dad's calling you Timothy. Aye, basically he's so calling your, me Timothy. So your dad's bullying you as well. Aye.
2: So anytime he would get cheeky or fuck a couple of pints and say something, it'd be like, language, Timothy. And he's like, but I'm 40. <laughs> <sighs> I get an Uber here.
3: Oh did you? Fancy. That
2: is fancy. Do you know, I've realised I like to randomly talk shit to Uber drivers. Do you?
3: I, I make up shit. It's like a fucking sport. I, you make stuff up? Yep. Right, what did you tell them, or what's your best? So, randomly, I just
2: <laughs> I, I kind of went I was kind of pretending that I was an anti-masker. <laughs> 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 I was just like, ah, what about He masks, mate? Eh? Fucking brutal. I never really wore them anyway. And he was like, Aye, I you know, fucking cunts, I'll never wear them. Right. And I was like, I fucking and as they getting up, can I get a loaf of bread without wearing a mask or that shit. So
3: Was he pure on board?
2: Aye. Instantly on board.
3: Was he pure Aye. yes? The yes, flood, big man. The floodgates get opened. Did they? Aye. Um I've been <laughs> I've been caught out almost. I tried to like kid on a new something about something, and it turned out that the guy was like a pure expert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <What
2: happened? laughs> sorry, man, I'm getting pure tickled at this point. That's in case right, people mate. think
3: I'm like picking my nose, I'm sorry. When you go, me It's got a comedy on it, mate. It's just, it's just jumped jumped onto your face. Um, what was it we were talking about? And I tried to, and I knew something. See that way? Like, I knew something about the subject. Uh-huh. And I tried to pass it off using that tiny, wee bit of knowledge that I'd held on a podcast or read in a book. I tried to pass it off as like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. Aye. And the guy was like, Oh, I wrote I wrote my thing, made my PhD on and I was pure, oh no. I just admitted it. I just went, mate, I don't really know about it. And the guy was like, Oh, that's all right. And then just like told me about it. All right. So they educated me, but no, I've got a tendency to talk straight to strangers as well, mate. Like, but I like that game. I'm gonna kid <laughs> on i <I'm> a racist.
2: <laughs> mate, I feel like it was near that far away, slagging. If the if the Uber ride was longer I feel like immigrants were going to get slagged and I was like, what the fuck have I done? I feel like I've started a forest fire or something. I'm just so glad I got
3: out of Uber in time. See, when I used to do sales, I used to kid on that I supported whatever, football. well, obviously I didn't kid on, I was a Celtic supporter, but see if somebody came in looking for an iPhone or whatever Uh and they had like (laughs) fucking 1690 on their fucking phone or they just looked like a fucking ranger supporter, or like just said something about rangers. I would pretend to be lad, but like, oh, mate, aye, aye, and just hope that they, well, it's not really the same as it, like Paul, like a pure Catholic name, but I would kid on that was a ranger supporter just because I knew I'd get sales with that. Taking a page out Johnny Adair's book, I see. Who's that? The former- The,
2: the mad dog? Mad Johnny dog.
3: Johnny Adair? How am I taking a page out of that? Loyist, loyalist
2: leader. Mm-hmm. He used to go into Celtic pubs with Celtic taps on to get information. Did he? Yeah. I seen that in an interview once. He right. was like I don't give a fuck about football and all that stuff. I'm no right. I'm not in it for football. You would use it. You'd use I it. Think
3: you could I think you should use it. <laughs> See if people honestly, mate, I have met some absolute fucking walloper Celtic fans. See Got if it. you judge people based on the fucking football team that they support. Yeah. That's how I'm saying like I you kinda deserve to be manipulated and taken advantage yeah. of if you're like, he's a good guy. He supports Celtic and you're like, eh, did Jimmy Savile know a fucking Celtic scarf on at one point in I time for fuck's sake, guys? Give me keys fuck-
2: to my house, he supports the hoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which kind of, uh, you know, I agree with you because I tweeted a couple of days ago, shows you how stupid some people are, man. I tweeted Celtic players should give Rangers players a guard of honour for stopping <laughs> the treble. I seen it. Right. And it went f- a bit
3: viral. Or did it? Aye. Did you delete it? Nope. No, have you kept it up with the S- comments? like mate? See <laughs> the, the we- amount
2: of stupid fucking Celtic fans that were like, Where's your guard of honour for f- the quadruple? <laughs> 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 uh, a lot of people understood that it was a joke. I really? can't believe that people never wrote Anybody- it. Aye.
3: People didn't twig.
2: I mean, a lot of Rangers fans were like, Oh, that shape Potter. Fair enough. But so many Celtic fans were like, no, no, don't give them a guard of honour.
3: Shit. The Mate, up. there's a guy out there that, that does so much shit talking that he now needs to, like, pre-warm for a tweet. He always, he always puts up, for the avoidance of doubt, my next tweet is a bit, and then he'll tweet because he's just constantly getting Celtic because he's a Celtic fan, he's a big Celtic fan is it kev something Aye, and Aye. he's constantly getting celtic fans biting and he's like stop fucking biting i'm trying to get the other side like Aye. so he puts up this like for the avoidance of doubt see if you go on his twitter feed man there's just about 40 of them for the avoidance of doubt like my next my next tweet's a bit i might just start doing that
2: twitter bewilders me at times did you
3: see my tweet <clears throat> no i was like something like how to how to live your life and be a boss a ah, yeah, thread, and then was like don't that came off the back uh i had got up that morning and usually after like my morning routine i will spend about a bit of time just about on social media just checking the news checking tits whatever just flitting through fucking social media like as we do and it was like five or six on the bounce i just that's like here's how you live your life a thread and you're like mate you can't tell me how to live my fucking life. You're in fucking <laughs> LA. You're fucking bobag. Like, go Aye. away. Leave me alone. But is all this just pure how he got on the property ladder, a thread, and then you find out that their mom gave them their deposit. And you're like, I mm-hmm. cunts don't have that, mate. Like, people get up in the morning and go to work literally sometimes wondering how they're going to fucking feed their wings. And you're Aye. talking about, like, stop spending money on Starbucks. Yeah. That's how you get on the property ladder, man. Have a cold shower every day. <laughs> I, I'm I'm res- us, I
2: responded to your tweet so you did Aye. Aye, so you did, mate. take advantage of mentally ill people by telling them that they need to drink more water from like 39 pound a session Aye, mate. Uh, <laughs> there's quite a lot of these scottish cunts cutting about now in there like these property scottish people um i see that on my newsfeed all the time like what <laughs> i don't know it's like hello my name's paul mcginty welcome to the property tycoon i'll tell you how i can get you on the property ladder just meet me at the hydro 45 pound attack i
3: mean i had a guy in here and i don't think he listens to this but see if he does you know i'm just building your self-awareness pal <laughs> and he was talking about like how he can get you your business to four and five and six figures he's not doing that for himself and you're like can you really do that it's like what is what we call i don't know what the fuck we're gonna call this like fake ball bag entrepreneurs like i'm a successful entrepreneur that's gonna teach you how to sort your life and then you're like oh how how much how much are you worth mate which are um nothing yeah. no oh uh, uh, i still love my mom and my dad and it's like <sighs> i don't know man like you're saying it's taking advantage of people it's like people just want to be able to live Mm-hmm. you know financial freedom or whatever i can give you financial freedom and it's like but you're, you're charging people how you are making yourself financially free is by charging people and then you're going to tell them how to become financially free like when we're going to end up in a world where a quarter of the world is a pt <laughs> the next quarter is a business entrepreneur that's telling you how to run your business the next <laughs> qu- like where does it end like there's only so many millionaires that can exist like yeah. we can't all be a millionaire so where do we where does the bottleneck happen like yeah. i think it, i actually think it's already happened like like now we're seeing pts that are like i'm going to teach you how to be a pt and then they've got a mentor that's like I'll teach you how to teach them how to be a PT. Yeah. And then they've got, do you know what that's called? A pyramid scheme. Yeah. We're all involved in this big, huge, massive social media pyramid scheme. And the ones that actually make money are Zuckerberg and these pals. They don't give a fuck about what cunts are selling on fucking... On their platforms, they're just like you fucking pay me, man. I just give me more money. Mm-hmm. They're the real, the real ones are profit, mate.
2: As soon as you said pyramid schemes, there it made me remember Just Plus. Is that still cutting a bit?
3: Don't know, mate. Remember that? Uh, I don't remember Just Plus, but I remember uh, Herbalife. Herbalife, and I think it's the same exact same thing, right? mate. <laughs> Diarrhea shakes.
2: Aye, I remember. It's mad how you can get blinded by that stuff because my pals were buying it. And back then I was like, this is a sham. You get your nutrition through food and exercise. And they were getting properly annoyed with me. And I was like, but it is, it's, it's powdered shite. My cousin fucking done it and he lost about seven stone. And I swear to God, he looked like he had AIDS or something. like <laughs> Something fucking wild. And everybody was <laughs> like, is he dying, man?
3: He's like, like, no, he's, he's on the like, Just Plus. <laughs> 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 he's on the apple diet. Aye. Eat an apple a day. Do you think that's how they come up with that, right? Let's think about that. Is that like a pure... This has just came to me. But the apple diet, do you think that's came like the pure nursery rhyme? Like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So they're like, that's all we need. Do you know all we need? Cold water therapy and an apple, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Aye.
2: Well, that's why the the term an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Because there's so much fiber in it. It's so good for you. So good for uh-huh. your
3: gut. Aye, but I'm thinking, is that how these idiots come up with the apple diet where they were only going to eat apples? Oh, right, okay. Like, they thought, like, we should just overdose on apples. That's what we Aye. should do. Uh, neglecting the fact that you need calcium and protein and a whole fucking petri dish or, like <laughs> <laughs> nutritional mi- macronutrients. are like, nah, man, I'll just take the fucking the fiber and the sugar and just shit my life away.
2: When's the last time you had an apple,
3: darren ASMR,
2: um, maybe about a week ago,
3: honestly, had a wee bag. I like the wee, see the, the wee fruit bags.
2: What's a uh, what was that? I totally missed what you said there, darren AMSR ASMR. <laughs> What's that like? The mad all the sound, <laughs> shit uh, yeah, yeah. okay, sorry, because <laughs> you
3: were taking a drink. Is you,
0: that picking it up? i can pure here. <laughs>
3: Oh I can still hear it. <laughs> I still heard it. Sorry. But no, I'd i an apple. I I eat the wee bags, see so like the wee fruit bags, apple and grape, pineapple fingers and stuff like that. I eat that.
2: Oh aye. Pineapple fingers. I'm very middle class.
3: <laughs> I've not had an apple in about over a year,
2: as you can tell. <laughs> it used to be I used to do all that stuff all the time before life got me.
3: <laughs> You're gonna be sitting in a pub. When, like when you're older, the young team are going to come in. You're going to go,
2: stay on the apples. I remember I used to have a podcast.
3: <laughs> I, uh, I used to have a podcast, guys. Guys, when he's gone, don't run away from me. <laughs> when do we think we developed that Glasgow accent? See, like that pure, uh, um, tell you what, right? I played for Celtic when I was younger, right? Oh God, every count's like that, and I played for, I played with Larson.
2: I actually knew Larson when he stayed here. Do you know he wasn't Swedish? That was just a fucking thing. I was just hanging done.
3: <laughs> Can't <laughs> actually say shit like that. But <laughs> that's just a hanging done. It wasn't actually Swedish. I think I've
2: said this on the podcast before. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Mate.
3: That's just a hanging done. It wasn't Swedish. Just no, he's got he's fucked in the head, man. Mate, there was one time I was walking by. Uh, Ladbrooks or William Hills, whatever one is it next to where Destiny used to be? so when you go down Sucky like All Street, you turn, there's a. Is, it, is William Hills into it or is it Ladbrooks? you usually get to be Chinese guys chain smoking outside it because there's like the Chinese supermarket and that across the road. Eh. Uh, uh, Ladbrooks? I think it is a Ladbrooks. I walked by there with my missus one day and there was a, an old guy stoning and you can picture him. He had fucking. Faded jeans that had like stains on them, and his fingers were yellow. and He was smoking a roll up, and he went, Big man. I turned around and went, See, when I was young, we were all fucking mental. And that was it. Yeah. I just went, Hey, bother, me," And just walked away and see forever now. Me and my just randomly just go, We were all fucking mental. You'll probably be dead now. Probably, mate. I'll tell you another story about like a <laughs> random fucking <laughs> JK. See, when I worked, this is terrible, mate. This was fucking terrible. See, when I worked in uh, Virgin Media, this guy came in, right? And do you know? And he was immaculately dressed. Do you know like the old sort of Glasgow Neds that are like, they wear suits? They're the scary ones, mate. They're the real scary ones. But he was a bit wide-eyed and he was absolutely stinking a bevy. But he was like sitting down with one of the guys that I worked with, Stefan. And if Stefan, he won't be fucking listening to us, but if he's listening to this, he'll remember this, mate. This was, it was mental. And uh, he was talking about how he'd fought in the war like um, Korea or something, like something there, like in Asia, and a fucking Chinese family walked in, and he stood up and went, I'd have just done this, put his hand in his pocket and pretended to take a gun out, walked up to the guy and put his horn in his head and went, boom, you're fucking dead. Wow. We were like, what the fuck just happened there, man? And he was like, ah, I used to wipe the cunts out when I was in the army. What age was he? Maybe about... Um, Maybe at the time, I be guessing mate, maybe in his sixties or his seventies, holy fuck, like an old man, like a well dressed old man, well presented, but was steaming. See that like steaming way where they're totally coherent, they can speak properly, straight, can walk in a straight line, but y- you're like, what's wrong with him? And you're like, oh fuck, he's steaming. Aye, it was like that. But he fucking seen the Asian guy walk into the shop, and went, oh, do you know what we used to do with him Pretended to take a fucking gun out, had pistol fingers, went up to the back of the guy's head and, like, pretended to fucking shoot him. And then and went, I used to wipe the cunts out when I was in the army. We were, like, mad. Everybody in the show's jaw just fucking hit the flare, man. Like, That's horrifying, Holy fucking shit. Imagine
2: being, imagine being that guy.
3: Mate, he didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. He, oh. just, he was, like, couldn't he speak a word English? He was just looking about, like, what's going on? Like, you know, like, that kind of, like, what just happened there? Hi. But we were like, that can't just fucking threaten your life, mate. Like, Aye. he was having fucking flashbacks to the war there, man. He's in for the Sopranos box set and he
2: doesn't realise I couldn't watch <laughs> to fucking pop him. Was it Larson? Kidding on, he was... <laughs> <laughs> Swedish? He's not Swedish. I know him. Uh, but that reminded, I'm not saying my granddad's racist, right? But uh, my granddad was a prisoner of war. In what war? It would have been the first one, I'm sure.
3: First what? <laughs> World War. No. Second World War. Aye, it would have been World War 2, aye. mate, aye, if it was your grandpa.
2: So he was a prisoner of war in Italy, I think.
3: Right, I he'd have been out fighting against the fascists in Italy, so I yeah. it would have been World War 2, aye.
2: I don't know how long he was there for, but I knew it was more than a year anyway. Right, fuck me, So man. he's kept in a hut, you know, starved uh-huh. and fucking leathered every single day. Oof. And... Supposedly, my dad was like, he could never walk past a chippy without right, fucking aye. getting it. You bastards! <laughs> you a bunch of bastards! Don't buy any fucking chippies for them. Because it was like Italian, aye, Italian chip shops. Aye. Aye,
3: aye. It was the Italians that started all like, the chip shops aye. in Glasgow. But, right. Fuck's sake.
2: Uh, you know, it was anytime he was drunk because I think he had like post traumatic stress. Uh,
3: right. I obviously mean, shell shock god knows what happened to your grandpa in the fucking prisoner of war camps in italy mate I fuck me man also picked up some crazy eating habits as well like um my dad
2: said he used to see when you i don't know what the term is but see when you get fucking you know starved essentially uh-huh. um he used to put something mental in his tea like fucking nine sugars and right. like cream
3: aye for the uh, malnutrition aye aye they've just been pure stocking up in calories so
2: mental it's
1: mental like the guys
3: sh- that you see in like the movies and they're pure protecting their food and mm-hmm. it's like because they're just to being they've spent 20 years in prison fucking cunts trying to steal their fucking food off them aye aye that's that will be ptsd mate aye crazy man walking by chappies. Dirty bastard. <laughs> yeah, dirty bastards. Imagine nowadays. Yeah, bastards. Some mad Indian guy standing behind the counter there, like, oh, what the fuck is going is on like a, here? Yeah, Italian bastard. <laughs> that cunt looks like Larson, man. Get <laughs> Oh, fuck.
2: <sake. laughs> I think I've said that on the podcast before. I knew a Rangers fan that was like, that was a goalkeeper. I have said this on the, the podcast. He was an amazing goalkeeper, right? And he's like, yeah, Tommy Burns was up at the house. Want to say, like, you may first say, like, get out of my house, you bastard. We are the people. <laughs> like, that didn't happen,
3: mate. Where did they end up?
2: You never signed for anybody. <laughs> well,
3: if that did happen, aye. then you're bragging about shooting yourself right in the fucking foot,
2: you muppet. Aye. So, I think we've done an hour, haven't aye, we? Aye, mate, done it, aye, mate. Right, we've done an hour. That is episode 25. Thank you very much. For everybody joining in, that was a good laugh. One time.
3: I enjoyed that a lot, mate.
2: Hopefully, I I wasn't stuttering too much when I was talking about stand up. I feel like. I
3: didn't notice, mate. So. Okay.
2: All the better comedians listening. I'm going to kill that cunt.
3: My dad. He has (laughs) mentally. Alan Ardu. I'm never sponsoring that pricks podcast ever again. (laughs) Which reminds me,
2: I want to thank Alan. for being the sponsor of the podcast when you're watching the podcast their information will pop up on the screen and you can go in and give them a call so get in touch and get in about the goodness Um, i'm announcing my tour on friday if you listen to the podcast can you please rate rate it for us because it's helping us out and we want to continue doing it um alan is kind enough to cover expenses for the studio so if you'd like to give me some money you can donate a coffee and that's all i've got to say Hendrik larson was actually russian R- Hendrik larson was an italian spy yeah Hendrik larson kept my granda a prisoner of war in the ball i'm fucking telling you mate join us next week for episode 26. <laughs> hendrick larson was a nazi <laughs>